What did she do, Austin? <laughs> so you're like a bass running with a fishing line. That was awesome. That was totally cool. All right. Taylor's why we can't have nice stuff. <laughs> you can't take her anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have missed you guys. I've been gone for a whole week. I've been in Minnesota. So does, does Jesus love me anymore? I don't know. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. Minnesota. I am so glad to be back with you guys. and be, I had such a great time. I learned so many things. I might get smarter eventually. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But I just missed just being in close proximity to my family. I really, my heart just missed you guys. So I'm so glad to be back. But I feel like God was speaking something to me um, for you guys like on the plane ride back over when I was supposed to be writing a paper, but I was thinking about you guys instead. Hope you feel like really important. <laughs> but I, I felt like there are some of us who are going through some times that feel a little bit difficult. It feels kind of painful. And it feels like, you know, there, I think some of us are saying, God, what did I do wrong? What is going on? Why are you upset with me? Why don't you just tell me what's going on? I'll try to fix it. Maybe I'm just not doing enough. And I was really blessed by what Taylor said, you know, the idea that, you know, there can be so many things we do wrong that we can just look at our lives and look at what's going on and we can just really start blaming ourselves and then we want to kind of hide from God. But here's one of the things that, that God was speaking to me is that some of us are going through a time of, and this is a bad word, it's a D word. I don't know if you're supposed to say it in church. Discipline. Sometimes we are doing things that are not God's plan for us. They're not God's best for us. And so he, the word says, disciplines those whom he loves. If you're going through a time of discipline that seems kind of like things aren't going right and it seems kind of painful, know that it's because God loves you. Now, God does not put sickness, disease, death. He doesn't put that kind of stuff on us. I don't want you to think, well, you know, my best friend has cancer. It must be because I did something wrong. God does not do that. But there are times that we just feel like things are difficult, and sometimes that's discipline. Here's the other thing I want to tell you, because some of you guys might be going, wow, what have I done? But there's another thing that cuts and hurts just as much as discipline, but it's called pruning. So if you have been around, you know, trees or grapevines, you know, Jesus was really good about telling us stories. And one of the stories he told was, you know, when there are vines that have these big, luscious green leaves, but they're not producing fruit, the vineyard, the vineyard master will cut those away, and cutting hurts. And there are times that we feel like our lives are dormant. God, are you here? When we are singing that song, that song, it's like, God, will you meet me here? He's there. He's with you the whole time. So you might be feeling like, man, nothing's happening in my life. It seems like nothing good is going on. I don't feel close to God. Sometimes those are dormant times, and that's the best time to prune. So he does a cutting away while the sap is dormant, and that's a good thing. And usually when there's that pruning going on, it feels like discipline. It hurts like discipline because it is a cutting away. But what he's doing is while you're dormant, 
He trims away the things that aren't good for you. Maybe they were good for you before and they're not now. Maybe they never were good for you, but it's for your good. And here's what's going to happen. Mark my words. You'll be coming up to me later telling me this. No matter how hard and cold and dark and dreary winter is, summer and spring always come. Winter always gives way to spring. And when it does, those places that have been cut away will be healed over and you will bear fruit. So if you're in a dormant time, if you're in a time of pruning, just hold fast. No God is with you. No God is not going to leave you alone. He's walking the whole way with you, and there's coming your spring. And what you're in, in right now is not going to be that way forever. Do you mind if I just pray for everybody yeah, real please. quickly? Just do something different. God, we just thank you. God, we love you. We praise you. God, we give you thanks for who you are just for who you are, that you are the maker of heaven and earth, that you are the God who created the universe and you're the God who created us. And when you created everything, you said it's good. And when you created us, you said it's very good. God, we're your favorite creation. And Lord, we praise you for the things that you have done, the things that you are yet to do in our lives. And for every person here, Lord, every family represented God, I pray that your hand is upon them and that they, they feel your presence right now where they sit in Jesus' name. God, that they have a knowing, that they know, that they know, that they know just deep down in their knower that you're there, that you're on it, that you're handling it, that you've got it, that you haven't forgotten them, you haven't forgotten your promise. You are not a man that you should lie, but you, your promise will come true. Your promise will be done. You said, God, that you watch over your word to perform it in our lives. So I just speak this word over us right now in Jesus' name, that where the dark places are, light will shine in them, that you will make the crooked path straight, that where people lack wisdom and what they should do, you will let them know exactly precisely what to do. God, that you are taking care of everything that concerns us because you are a God of details and you love us, oh God. So I declare your blessings in every area of our lives right now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Wow, thank you, babe. That's awesome. Well, I think we've already had church. What do y'all think? I think so. But guess what? Y'all are still going to have to sit here for an hour while I talk to you. So that's just how that's going to go. I'm just kidding. But the Cowboys don't play today, so y'all don't know how long I'm going to keep you. That's just the way that goes. Uh, we're going to talk for a few minutes today about something that uh, actually the Lord spoke uh, through Trish to me a few weeks ago because he's good about that. And uh, we're going to talk about the difference between being kind or being nice. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, you need to hear this today. That's right. You go ahead. Turn to your second choice and say, I don't know if you're going to take it, but you need it too. Come on, go ahead. That's right. All right, guys, if you got your Bibles, lift them up. Let's, let's do our declaration. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. 
It came from a conversation a few weeks ago. This is a one-off message. We just finished the series on Jabez, and I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. Sermon notes are online. You can go back about seven or eight years, and all the messages from myself and the other speakers are there, and a lot of time the notes are also. So at any time, go back and and listen to those again. But we're just going to do a one-off message in between series, and it's called Being Kind or Being Nice. And uh, there's a big difference in that. Trish and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago, and uh, she said, what you're saying right now is not very kind. And I thought about that. And how many guys in the room, the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like your wife? Anybody? (laughs) Have you noticed that? And I knew the Lord was speaking to me. But I want to tell you something. I'm old enough now. I turned 52 this Friday. I'm old enough now that I've learned to listen to God a little bit because sometimes not listening to him every time can be painful. Amen. And and many times he speaks through my amazing wife who is way smarter and everything else than me. And, and she was, and so here's the deal. When she said those words, it really hit me because when I think of kindness, I think of niceness. I don't know if niceness is a word or not. I think of being nice. And here in the South, we are taught to be nice, aren't we? That's what we do. We're nice. And, and, and we don't want to hurt people's feelings, and we want to do things that are, that are n- not nice. And so we try to be nice. But, but I want to tell you there's a problem in the church that we have got being nice and being kind mixed up because they're not the same thing. And I was amazed, guys. Hazel, I was amazed. As I began to study the Bible this week and, and do my research, it's actually been going on a few weeks now, of doing my research how many times kindness is in the Bible. But it's probably not what you think it is. And this is important for us as God's people to understand not only what kindness means, but how we need to apply it in our lives. Now listen, kindness is underrated. Many times we equate it with being nice or being pleasant. And they do overlap a little bit, but there's a significant difference between the two. The Bible presents a very different and compelling portrait of what kindness really is. So look at number one on your notes. I want you to know this. Number one, kindness is supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. It's actually a spiritual gift. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm sorry, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the, one of the fruit of the Spirit, there's love and joy and peace. And those all sound awesome. Love, joy, peace. I get it. Patience. Yeah, I understand that. Kindness? That, that just doesn't kind of seem to fit with the rest of them. I mean, understand love is the most powerful force in the universe. Joy is, is incredible to have. We can have joy when things are good or when things are bad. We can have this amazing joy in our life. I understand the need for peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. But kindness? How does that work? The apostle Paul, when he was talking to the church at Rome, he, or excuse me, at Corinth, he actually said, One of the things about his life that qualified him to be an apostle is that he was a kind person. And so I I thought, man, we need to understand what this is about. What is this about kindness that's so powerful? Kindness is defined in the Greek, and it it actually, the word that is used for kindness is divine kindness. And here's what it means, and then I'm going to explain it in layman's terms. Kindness, from a spiritual perspective, is the spirit-produced goodness that meets the need and avoids human harshness. Well, that was a little hard for me to understand, so I wanted to dig a little deeper. And here's what kindness is, okay? 
Kindness supernatural is a supernatural, generous orientation of our hearts towards other people. Now listen to this part. Even when they don't deserve it and they don't love us back. I'm going to say that again. Kindness is a generous orientation. It's where we love people. A generous orientation towards people even when they don't deserve it and when they don't love us back. Kindness, then, is about one-way direction. It can be returned. But kindness is different than being nice. Kindness is very different than being nice. Romans 2 verse 4 says this, Don't you realize how patient he, God, is being? This is incredible. Don't you realize how patient he is being with you, or don't you care? Can't you see that God has been waiting all this time, listen, without punishing you? To give you time to turn from your sin. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. God's kindness, his love towards us is is meant to lead us to repentance. We wonder why God is not acting sometimes. We wonder why God is not punishing people sometimes. Now I want you to take a moment. I want you to be honest with me here, really with yourself Think of a person that you really don't like. Come on, think about them right now. No pointing, no pointing, but think about somebody that you really don't like. Okay, got it in your head? Kindness is generously loving them. Kindness is showing kindness and generosity to them, expecting nothing in return. And here's the picture of what kindness looks like from God's perspective. He loves us when we don't love him back. And he doesn't expect anything. That's true biblical kindness. And that really, really impacted me significantly when I read that. God loves us, guys, even while we are his enemies. He shows us kindness. So I was reading an article because I wanted to understand this more. Here's what was interesting. There's, there's the biblical studies and the references about kindness But then there were also secular studies. I found a university in Southern California that actually had an article, a scholarly article about kindness and niceness. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. Here's what they they determined, that the difference between kindness and being nice is about motive. Isn't that interesting? We just spent four weeks talking about God's blessing in our life if our motive is right. So how you treat someone, whether you're being nice or being kind, is really built bent on the motive that you have in your heart towards them. When you love people, when you're loving folks, are you expecting something back? Because if you are, that's not really being kind. That's being nice. Have you ever opened a door for somebody and they walked through and they didn't say thank you and you got mad at them? Let's get real. You can put your shoes back on. I may step on everybody's toes a little bit this morning, right? But think about that. Have you ever done that? Or you wave somebody over in traffic and they just, or maybe they tell you you're number one, if you know what I'm talking about, and they just pull right in. And you're mad. Because I at least expected a thank you. But godly kindness loves that way, expecting absolutely nothing in return. Now listen, I'm going to read a scripture here. Some of you are going to see this in a different way from now on. Okay? This is Jesus talking. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. You ready? Jesus says, love your enemies and do good 
and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be called sons of the Most High. Notice this, for he is what? Kind to the ungrateful and the evil. That was one of those when I read it and I went, I don't think I ever really noticed it like that before. But notice what Jesus is saying here. We understand that God is kind towards us. He is generous towards us. The reason he doesn't, he, he doesn't punish us sometimes right away is he wants to give us an opportunity to repent and turn around. And then Jesus is over here saying, when you act like this, you are be called the sons of the Most High because you're acting like God does. When you don't repay people evil for evil, you're acting like God does. That's amazing, isn't it? And it's, now listen, this is important. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Paul said, one of the reasons I'm an apostle is because I am kind. And that's not just kind to people that love you. It is easy for me to be kind to Trish and the kids. It is so easy for me to love you guys. But what about all those people out there that are mean? What about them? Do I show them the kindness of God? Or do I show them judgment or criticism? Kindness. Now listen, this is especially for the guys because I think somewhat in the church culture throughout the centuries, we have tried to tone men down or tell them they have to be meek and weak and all those things. And listen to me, I want you to understand, guys, kindness is not weakness. Kindness is not weakness at all. Listen to this. Psalm 141 verse 5 says this. Let a righteous man strike me. Notice the next words. It is kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head and let not my head refuse it. Now let me ask you a question. Has someone ever said to you, if I need to hit you upside the head, I can get your attention. Has anybody ever said that to you? Seriously, I'm the only one that that's been said to Really? I mean, have you not thought with your kids, if I could just, nah, right there, there's a spot right there, and if I could get that, it'll jar that brain and stuff will start happening. I know that's what they need. It's biblical, right? It's biblical. Guys, I shared, when I shared this with first service, I had some people walked out, and one of the guys said, the ladies around me here at church are already saying how they're going to start hitting me in the head to get my attention. And they said, Pastor Chris said it was okay. So that's not what I'm saying, okay? Please, please. But listen to this. Listen to the heart of the psalmist. He says, let the righteous man strike me. It is kindness. Let him rebuke me. That's what he's saying. He said, listen, if I need to be shaken, shake me. I want you to think about that. Some of us like to play with fire, don't we? Some of us want to see how close to the edge we can get. Some of us get in trouble. And what the psalmist is saying here is let a righteous, and that means a godly person. This is not just anybody. Somebody that loves God, let let them get my attention. Why? Because sometimes when we do that, we pull people back from the abyss. He said, it's like oil on my head. It is not weakness, it is strength. 
Ephesians 4.32, and Becky, I'm going back one, says this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now listen, I I wanna say a couple things here that I really want you to, to let sink down deep in your heart. Jesus, a lot of times the harshest words Jesus ever had were to the religious leaders. And he was talking to the Pharisees and he said this about them. He said, you brood of vipers, you big wad of poisonous snakes, is what he's saying. Now that wasn't pleasant, but it was kind. Jesus confronted them and showed them the truth of their sin, and that was kind. And let me tell you why that is kind. A kind physician cuts deep to get your cancer. I'm going to say that again. A kind physician cuts deep to get your cancer. Let me, let me just ask you a question today. If someone said that you had a serious illness and if they did this very invasive surgery, maybe they were gonna go into your head or they were gonna have to cut into your body, they said it's down in there, but we think we can get it all, but we're gonna have to cut you to get it. What do you say? Do it. Get it. But see, we wanna be nice. We don't wanna hurt people. And so a lot of times we don't say what needs to be said. We don't. And guys, I do the same thing. I don't like confrontation. But sometimes we need to realize we can be nice and not be kind. You know, I've said to you probably a hundred times over the last 10 years, if you see a train coming and you see somebody on the train track and you don't say anything, whose fault is it? It's on you. It's on you. And, and so many times I think in the world what we do is we, we see a train wreck coming and we grab popcorn and say, y'all watch this. Or, and you say, well, pastor, I wouldn't do that. But you might say, I knew that was going to happen. Right? I knew that was going to happen. If you knew that was going to happen, Christian, you weren't being kind. Because we need to step in and say, look, this is going to hurt you. This is destroying those around you. This this is a cancer, and we need to deal with this, and we need to learn to be kind. Look at number two on your notes. You guys are so quiet, that means you're really listening, right? Right. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate that. Gold star for you. (laughs) All right. So here's the deal. Number two, kindness is powerful. Powerful. Wow, I don't think of kindness being powerful, but listen to this. I'm going to read you a story that, that a lady wrote that I think is just an incredible example of the power, how powerful kindness really is. In her memoir about the journey from being a committed lesbian to a committed Christian, a lady named Rosaria Butterfield says that as a non-Christian, her impression of evangelical Christians, which you are one, is this. They were poor thinkers, judgmental, scornful, and afraid of diversity. So here's what she did. She published a critique of an evangelical Christian group in her local newspaper, and she received a huge amount of mail. And there was hate mail that came in, and there was supportive mail that came in. So here's what she decided to do. She took a box on her desk, and on one side she put all the hate mail, and on the other side she put 
the supportive mail. But she received one letter that she didn't know what to do with. It confused her because it was not what she expected. She received a two-page response from a local pastor and his wife. And here's what Rosario said. It was a warm letter, and it was kind, and it was inquiring. And it had civility to it. But it also asked some hard questions. These people wrote her a letter, and they were not approving of her sin, but they opened up a conversation so that there could be a dialogue. They did not condemn her. Here's what she said. It had a warmth and civility to it in addition to asking those questions. And she said, I couldn't figure out which box to put it in because they weren't agreeing with me, (laughs) but they weren't condemning me either. So here's what happened. That letter stayed on her desk for seven days. And she reread it and reread it and reread it. She said then she wasn't really sure what to do. She said, but it was the kindest letter of opposition that I had ever received. Its tone demonstrated that the writer was not against me. So here's what happened. She said, eventually, I reached out to that pastor and his wife, and we became friends. They talked with me in a way that didn't make me feel erased or unimportant. Their friendship was an important part of her salvation. When I read this story, it showed me and reminded me of just how powerful God's kindness is. You say, well, pastor, what's an example of that in the New Testament? The Bible tells us a story of a woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. And the religious leaders pulled her from that house, half-clothed, we imagine, into the middle of the town square, threw her down in the dirt, and Jesus was teaching. And you can imagine the community is gathered there. And they throw her at Jesus' feet. And they look at her like a lot, lot of us might do in a judgmental situation like that and say, Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. What are you gonna do about it? What did they think, Evelyn? We've got him. See, it wasn't really about her. It was about trapping him. They were just, she was a bonus. The Bible tells us that Jesus knelt down in the dirt and wrote some things, and and then he looked up at them and said, you who is without sin cast the first stone. And the Bible tells us so eloquently that beginning with the eldest, they dropped their stones and walked away until there was no one left. And I want you to imagine, this is one of my favorite stories from the Bible, that Jesus looks up at this woman and he says, where are your accusers? And she looks around to her surprise and says, there's no one here, Lord. And Jesus says, then neither will I condemn you, but I want you to hear something else that he says. Go your way, sin no more. That's kindness. Jesus forgave her sin, but he did not approve of her sin. And that, guys, 
is kindness. That is the story of Rosario that tells us that there is sin in the world, but it's the kindness of God that Jesus is demonstrating that leads us to repentance. But one of the things I love about our Savior is he will get right down in the dirt with us. Don't you love that about Jesus, guys? You know, here in a few weeks, probably my favorite service of the year is our candlelight service because I get to tell the story of how God sent his son born in a manger. And if you're like me and you've grown up around cattle and stalls and mangers, that is not the place you want a baby to be born. But I think the God of the universe is shouting out to us and saying, I'm not scared to get involved in your mess. I'm not scared. And it's the kindness of God that led that woman to repentance. And I think of how many times we as as Christians can can just be so condemning. I think of the, the... people, our military veterans overseas, that, that many, our soldiers and airmen, that Navy folks that, that are killed and they're brought back and there was a church for a while that would go to these funerals and would stand outside and picket them. How does, how how's that God's love? How is that? How is that the God that I know? But notice Jesus doesn't say ever. Jesus never one time excused anybody's sin. Not one time. He called sin, sin. But he also knew that he came to save us. And it was his kindness that leads us to repentance. I'm just going to say something here theologically, and I hope you understand it. Have you ever seen someone argued into heaven? Have you? Have you ever heard somebody yelled at and beat down so much they said, wow, you beat me so badly, I want to know this God you serve. I want to be mean just like you. Now, I've heard people say, if they're a Christian, I don't want to be one. And I've heard people say, if that's, kind of, if that's what church is about, I don't want to go there. I've never seen someone beat with a Bible and decided they needed this love because that's not what God's about. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Amen? Listen to this. 2 Peter 3, verses 9 says this. He isn't really slow about his promised return, even though it sometimes seems that way. When are you coming back, Jesus? Here's the answer. He is waiting for the good reason that he is not willing that anyone should perish. And he's giving more time for sinners to repent. How many of you know somebody right now that's not saved? You know anybody? If Jesus comes back today, what happens to them? It is the kindness of God. It is God's kindness. Because he wants us all to repent and turn around. Amen? Now listen, I don't want anybody walking out of here thinking that Pastor Chris has a soft stance on sin. I don't. The sin in my life, yours or anybody else's, sin is sin and sin leads to death. That's the way it is. But thank God we have a Savior that gets down there with us and wants us to be free. Amen? Kindness is powerful. And now I'm going to close. Somebody say amen.
See, you say something now, but earlier, <laughs> see, that was a test. Yeah, come on up here, Austin. I need help. Austin is coming to comfort me because how mean you guys are sometimes. <laughs> huh? Oh, you're here to help the, oh, there you go. Fantastic. Um, I saw those of you that said that. I need to meet with you immediately after the service today. No, I'm kidding. I love you guys. Even you, Dennis, I do, I do. Number three, are you ready for this one? You know there's always application, right? We're not gonna have a message without application. Are you kind? Are you kind? So I think some of us are nice, but I don't think we're very kind. The conversation Trish and I had a few weeks ago and those words that she said to me, as soon as she spoke, the Holy Spirit said, you're not being kind. And that sent me on about a three-week journey. When you leave this place, there's a world of people that don't understand the kindness of God. All they know is heartache. All they know is pain, harshness. When they think of God, guys, they think of judgment. And there will be that. But before judgment, there's a cross. It is the kindness of God that sent Jesus. It is the kindness of God that draws people to him. But can I tell you something? It's him using you. When we talk about around here, how many years have we said it? We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Are our hands in a fist? Are they extended? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I posted that deal on Face Twitter about being the one sheep out of the 99. I don't know that I've ever had more responses to something in my life because I think we all can relate to the fact that it's so easy for us to look at the one and be mad at the one. What's wrong with you? Why are you out there doing that? Why are you destroying your life? But isn't it awesome that we have a savior that out of God's kindness leaves the 99 and goes and finds me? Aren't you thankful? So here's my question. Are you that kind of person? Are you representing the kindness of God that sometimes goes to people that you know and love and says, what you're doing is not right and I'm not condemning you, but this is gonna destroy you. That is kindness. Come on back to church. We're not gonna judge you. Can I tell you something? In this room right now, there are lots of people. Some of you are so spiritually mature, you and Jesus are talking constantly. Some of you are just glad you got up and made it this morning. Come on, somebody. Right? Some of you are on your way over here and you got into an argument with your significant other 
and you had to get your Jesus face on before you got out of the car. Come on, somebody. Right? That's a pretty, pretty good extreme, isn't it? So how do we get there? Y'all, this is easy. God, search my heart. I mean, when Trisha said those words to me, that was one of those moments I thought, man. So here's what it looks like. Father, search my heart. If there's any way in me, Lord, any brokenness, any harshness, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, take it out of me. I don't want to be that way. Forgive me. Father, help me to be a person that's full of your love. Help me be a person that's full of your joy. Father, help me be a person that your peace is all over me. When I walk into a room, God, that your peace comes with me. Father, help me be a person that exudes your kindness. That when people see me, Lord, they see you. Not condemnation, hope. We thank you for that, Father. I just pray, Lord, in these moments that we've had together today that this word is sunk deep into our hearts. And Lord, we would ask that question, are we kind? And Lord, we would ask in this moment that you would make us those people. Help us to be a city on a hill, Lord, that welcomes people. Help us to be a light in the darkness that attracts those that are broken and lost. Father, help us to be the people that attracts them to you. Help us not to hide our light, Lord. Help us to be kind as you have been to us. Proverbs 21, 21 says this. Whoever pursues righteousness, that means runs after. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life and righteousness and honor. God, make us those people. In our community, Lord, help us to be a light in a very dark place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna turn this over to Austin, who has already indicated he is here for you. And I'm going to let him pray over you guys and dismiss you. Trish and I are going to be out front. Now, ladies, if you haven't signed up for Holodazzle, please do it. Clint is standing up. You need to talk. Clint needs to talk. Now, Clint, I just talked for like 45 minutes about kindness. <laughs> oh, this has to do with kindness. Okay. Folks, <clears throat> bear with me. My voice is about to go. Um. October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we want to give everyone an opportunity to bless our pastors, and uh, after working with Pastor Chris for 10 years, and then since Oster and Taylor have been back, um, I can assure you, and most of you know, 
that their heart is very much like the heart of God and that they do not want to see anyone perish. They want they, and so that is their heart. And I want to give uh, everyone an opportunity. If the, if the usher would come back up, please. We want to give you an opportunity to bless them and for us to get an opportunity to show our appreciation to them and our love for them. So at this time, we would like to take up a special offering for our pastors. Well, do you mind if while you're doing that, we go out front? Absolutely. I'm going to have Austin have you finish up while they're taking the offering, okay? Thank you. Donald, would you ask a blessing over the offering, please? I'm not going to hold you any longer. Y'all are good to go. See you next week.